Hello everybody and welcome along to what is now our annual traditional Christmas extravaganza that usually doesn't really talk about Christmas at all, but here we are. My name is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Erigan. And alongside us, as always, as it is tradition, is the wonderful and amazing, the multi-time best-selling author, a man who has sold more books than Merrow has matches on Tinder, which is an extravagant amount. I must say, <laughs> one thousand four hundred and forty-six matches. I mean, that that is a significant amount, Meryl. Some, <laughs> some some would question why you have so many, and also, have you been to the doctor recently? <laughs> uh, and then, of course, he has done. I, I, you know, I like to think that we have started the trend, but this man has now done every podcast Christmas special possible this year he's like a fucking this week advent calendar. Danny, this week yeah you, honestly it's like an advent calendar every time you open the door there's paul howard at a podcast for us uh but he none of those other podcasts have brought his partner in crime the man who has convinced paul to launch his own podcast called this is content coming soon in 2024 and that is the wonderful <laughs> and amazing the agony aunt the love doctor the man who joe higgins goes to for advice when he's in a dark and deep place. It is the one and only Gary Mackle. Evening, lads. <laughs> good evening. Good, good evening. Happy Christmas. We were, we were getting sick for having you on in the 300 episode and then we um we were getting tweets. Where's the Christmas special? Where's the Christmas special? There were people so, who were concerned. Who, who, was give, who was giving you a stick uh, outside your own family? Ah, uh, there was only one person who would remember. Yeah, your dad. Wasn't me, Dad. He all loves it to you. No, it wasn't. Tricardi was, video calls my father. Just to, to correct the record here, it wasn't stick. It was more people were concerned that after having the lads on recently for the 300, that we wouldn't follow through on the tradition of the Christmas special. Okay. So, yeah. yeah but what I'd say yeah. to people is if they have a, a, a an issue or a query as to anything, hmm. just don't listen to the fucking thing. <laughs> Turn it off I mean, after yeah, 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> that's, I mean, lads, we're getting off to a very negative foot in here. Like, it was just concerned that the Christmas special wasn't going to happen. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, look, we'll, we, you know, we'll, 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 we'll brush it under the carpet and we, we'll yeah, move on. Yeah, we'll move on yeah. quickly. Yeah. The, Gary, and, and I will add very, sorry, very, very quickly, very quickly. People have been on to me on Treads, lads, which is a great oh. app for those who haven't joined it yet. Yeah, I, I fully haven't been on it. Treads. Yeah, it's. I'm, and pe- I'm on people, Treads now. I am. Yeah, I'm people are asking. People are asking me. I'm the wrong person to ask about this, but they're asking where it is this is content. This is well, been... yeah, do, Gary, do you want me to take this? Yeah, please, Paul. Yeah, well, this is content is a um is a, uh, I named pod- it by the way. Well, I don't know if you did, Meryl. Like the, you know, the, the, law, any, the, the lawyers will tell There certainly won't be any uh, royalties in it for you, but this is content is um a podcast that uh, Gary and I will possibly be launching in the new year. We're going to talk about um fitness goals, we're going to talk about home decor, we're going to talk about cooking, we're going to talk about celebrities that we fancy. Um mm-hmm. we're going to talk about influencers, mm-hmm. influencing the influencers. Yeah. Um and then there's, you know, uh, competitions, prizes, thrills, spills and Pretty much everything, sport. A little bit, a little bit of talk about Man U. A little, little, little bit of sport, yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is content and a few stunts as well. We're going to be doing sort of public, uh, public stunts. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Like We're going to have a, a segment with, called Feet on with, the Street, yeah, uh, where we do uh, practical jokes and stuff in supermarkets. Um, yeah. 
stuff like that. Oh, so, <laughs> but it's not going to launch until we're really happy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there'll be a few <laughs> pilot shows and stuff. But we sponsorship and everything over the line, which is great. Mm. Oh, brilliant. Glad to hear that, Lance. I'm, I'm, the, I, I, the moment, I'm looking forward to it. Pardon? Can you reveal the sponsorship at the moment, or is it under well, the no, because, but you, you, you probably try and poach them, Meryl. Yeah, but... it's not Manscaped, that's all I'd say. No, it's a bit, it's a, it's, it, let me just say there's three major multinationals interested in uh, in coming on board as um, as supporters of, of what we're doing um, on This Is Content. So, but like Gary said, like, we don't want to, we don't, we, we'll do a, this is kind of a soft launch, announcing mm-hmm. it now. Um, and we'll do a harder launch when when we're ready to go with it, you know, but um, we're very excited about it. We're excited. And I think the beauty of it is as well, we're, we're ready to go, but we're, we're not ready to launch. Mm. Uh, and but really excited. A lot of good people involved with it. And yeah. it, the difference in having the few Bob behind us is huge. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Glad. And thanks, lads, for, for giving that bit of detail. I know people have been eager to know. I've been eager to, to hear what the plans are. And um, when it launches, I, I'll be hitting follow and subscribe and all those things straight away. Mm. Yeah, please do. Meryl, you had a question there. No, I can't remember what it was. We're talking, about, we're talking about Christmas, lads. Oh, we're talking about Christmas. Gary, yeah. what is your favorite? <laughs> if you have, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? If you have one, do you have a famous or a favorite Christmas tradition? Uh, look, look uh, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not Christmas mad now. I have to say, I'm not bonkers for Christmas. You know that, like that's not news. Um, but I do have to have. A Higgs pudding sandwich, Christmas. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh Jesus, yeah. White now, white pudding, right? Oh god, yeah. The, the pate. The Higgs white. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, god, yeah. Absolutely okay. plastered onto two slices of toast and a real oh. sugary cup of tea. Yeah. Have we Do all you... found the perfect pudding? Because we we constantly talk about it on the WhatsApp group. Well, it's the, but have the, we the, found it? The Higgs white pudding is the measuring stick. Yeah. Oh, and, and no, no. Every, everything else is compared against that. I, I'd be, I'm a Duns of Wicklow. Um, Interesting. Plan myself. Um, is is that a grainy? I know Gary's gra- had it. Have you had I, it, Danny? I've, I haven't. Sound, is that a grainy pudding, Paul? No, it's not a grainy pudding. No. Okay, no. very good. Because that's th- down here in in Leash, the Colchies. It's it's fucking sawdust and grain is all you have. Yeah, they, love gra- they do love a grainy pudding, but Duns. I, I might say I, I actually I think of a couple of rings in the in the fridge there. I might send you one, Danny, for Christmas. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It's yeah, two it's... the Dunn's white pudding of Wicklow. It's too organy, Paul. I can taste and smell organ. <laughs> Liver and kidney. What? But but in fairness, Gary, like it is organ. Like, you know, that's what white pudding oh, I know. is. Organ. Yeah. It's all organ. It is. That's why I want it laced in salt. Right. Mm. Laced in rosemary. Can, uh, can I can, can I add, uh, to, to try and keep this peaceful for the time of year that's in it and all that? When when you are having your your pudding sandwiches, lads, would would you add a drop of ketchup to that at all now, or do you? Jesus, all that to, no, right? you Jesus don't. You don't. Paul, do you? I, ketchup is it, ke- ketchup is an abomination. I would rather, like I I I would rather like, you know, suck in the after effects of a nuclear bomb than than let <laughs> ketchup. Please, right? That's really that's a strong uh, sentiment now. Some would say ab- probably too strong. Vile. It's absolutely vile. Right. There isn't a I, single I would, I, in the world that's improved with ketchup. It's just I wouldn't take ketchup on it on a fry sandwich or anything <laughs> like that. No, I, I I would rather eat my own 
I'd rather eat a meter of my own colon tonight than, <laughs> than eat, eat ketchup. It's absolutely flipping vile. I hate You're it. You're not taking on a burger, Aaron. What? No. Why would you have it on a burger? Like, why you? Why would you pretty standard. Taste with this vinegary flipping flavor. Um, Mary and I, when we met, Mary was a ketchup fan, and she still is to this day. Hmm. But when I was, li- you know, I, I, I was living in Avoca, and Mary, the first time she came down to the house, she said, uh, "Do you have any ketchup? We're having chips." And I said, "I don't. I don't do ketchup." And it took about three years for me to finally allow Mary to bring a bottle of ketchup into the house. Like this is like to me, it's kryptonite. It's proper like, kryptonite, right? I'm super and it's kryptonite. I could die from ketchup. So Mary brought this bottle of ketchup in and cooked a fry or something. And Mary had the ketchup and she shook the bottle, right? And the, the lid was off the bottle and the ketchup like, I re- I'll never forget it because I'm traumatized by this, right? I watched this arc of ketchup. I tried <laughs> the arc right, right the way across the kitchen. And this ketchup ended up on the ceiling, on the walls, on me, on my glasses, right? <laughs> Have you seen that scene? You know the scene in Trainspot in the movie where you're mad with the full... Have you seen that? Where um, yeah. Spud is staying in the house yeah. and the sheets and he's... He's pissed and shat all over the sheets. And yeah, the brown <laughs> mother is, is putting, ah, they're my sheets. I'll wash them, Spud. And then they go, and they open up and everybody gets splattered and shit. Did, that was me with the ketchup. It was did your did, did your copy of Train Spotting come from that van that you see at Pirates? Because it seems to be based in Jamaica on that accent, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> they're my sheets. <laughs> Not right. So, so you're absolutely. Against ketchup in all forms and all variations. It should never have. If I could uninvent two things, right? Yeah. One, Twitter, and two, ketchup. Like would, actually, one ketchup, two Twitter. Would you take any kind of condiment or sauce with with chips or anything like that? Vinegar and salt. That's it. Yeah. Why do you need anything more than that? Like vinegar and vinegar and salt is all you need for chips. Um, what kind of brown sauce, that brown sauce, like on a on a on a sausage, and as oh, you yeah. guys know from WhatsApp, I'd have, you know, if, if I was having a mince pie, like I'm like I'm adventurous when it comes to eating, right? If I was having a mince pie, I would put blue cheese, um, and I, you're shaking your heads, lads, and I know, like I know, I'm going to get a lot of hammer for this, right? <laughs> but I'm going to tell I'm going to tell your listeners to this who I know about this. There, I know they're discerning. You're having a mince pie, chop the roof off, right. lift it off, put a knob of blue cheese inside the mince pie, microwave 45 seconds, not more, not less, right? Take it out. The blue cheese is, has melted into the mince pie. Put the lid back on. Hot custard on top of that. Oh, my God, you're in heaven. Where did you see that, Paul? Um... I saw it from Dono Porter did it on Inst. I saw it from Dono Porter's account on Instagram a few years ago. And I, like you guys, I was really dubious. I was thinking, what? Are you mad? And I did it for a laugh. And I, 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 knew, I stuck the I stuck the spoon into it and I tasted it. And it was just it's like I died and gone to heaven. Well, you, you, the advice you gave me one morning in the summer was to try uh, marmalade on pate. And it was disgraceful. 
She didn't try it, Meryl. You told me you didn't try it. I did try it. I'm just telling you now I tried it. I don't think you did. I can I see how I that would the, work in fairness. No, you didn't send me a picture. You just said that's fucking disgusting. Like, you yeah. know, you like you dismiss things out of hand. Totally yeah. out of hand. It's like when like this is... I, said you, I said to you, try a bit of Christmas cake with, with a knob of cheese with a uh, bit of cheddar on it. Yeah, I didn't try that, and I won't be trying that. So that's Meryl, just have, you, have, you, have you got an unsophisticated palate, Graham? Oh, with a very sophisticated palate. I'm very happy with my palate. Okay. But fruit and cheese, like fruit and cheese is an amazing combination, right? So, Gary Mackle has a great palate. Gary, what do you think it is cheese and mince pie mixture? Well, it wouldn't be for me. You know, I have a very strange relationship with cheese anyway. I can only have cheese if it's melted. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, I do like spicy cheese with a bit of chorizo on a, on a, on a cracker. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I wouldn't be ignorant to Paul's mince pie setting, um, but it's not something that I would try. Do you know what I mean? First use I second. tell you, I, I was in a tapas restaurant in Carlo before. I can't remember the name of it. Surprise! I have a surprise! Look at this. Look at this. Jesus wept. <laughs> Hello, Jess. What a How surprise. Are you I didn't say anything to Paul yesterday. Mero gave me the strict orders not to say anything to Paul about coming uh, on this show tonight. So, fantastic. Hope I did an all right job. Al Foran. Surprise. Al Foran is just Al Foran. Al Foran, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wow. Do you know what? I feel like the kid on the Late Late Show when Robbie Keane came on. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see Gary mm. Michael's face? It's like, uh, it's like. Where is when... Gary? Uh, yes, I'm under deputy Joe Higgins. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's, not it's, physically it's, under him. Just to clarify, Bert. it's like when Marty Janetti came back in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is uh, great to see you. I haven't spoken to you since we were up in Fitzpatrick's that night. Six um, years ago. Yeah, you don't need starting out with Alison at the time. Yeah, married now. Yeah, two kids you, living you up here, Betty's Town High. You got everything over the line quickly there. <laughs> Children, <did>. marriage. Uh, <laughs> you, we did. <laughs> you really went for it, son. Well done. <laughs> it's a proper fast track, it was, Gary. Yeah, 100%. You know, proper 1980s uh, behavior. Teenagers <laughs> 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 behavior. <laughs> we, we, we have to keep. We cannot sack another manager. I do not oh, want to no. see that man issued with a P forty five. I don't give a fuck how bad it gets. Give him till the end of the season. I think so too. Um, spoke about this with with Paul yesterday, and. Uh, I think if you're bringing in another manager, it's a rinse and repeat cycle. Uh, another 18 months, you know, half of it being good vibes, the other half being treacherous, you know. No manager can work under the the current um, board, the, the current crop that are above them. So, uh, yeah, you need to stick stick it out, stick with them. You know, Arteta had, uh, Arteta Klopp had, Klopp had bad seasons as well. Oh, we didn't mention that. I mean, Klopp they, had were some... they in Liverpool, Al, yeah? 
at Liverpool in his first few seasons. Ooh, okay. You know? I think he was. I, 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 I kind of. I was looking at Klopp in those first few seasons, thinking he was, he was, he was driving out all the bad lads and bringing in good lads. Oh, um, draw, yeah, celebrating draws against West Brom. Not <laughs> the crowd, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Stop driving me mad, everybody! everybody, everybody. Lot, and now I'm angry with you as well at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I, I sorry, this has become part two of the United Way. I'm just gonna give Damien a call. <laughs> give Damien in here. But um, listen, there's a does a statistic doing the rounds. Oh. So Oh, here we go. I think Ten Hag has managed sixty seven games for United so far. Mm, and he has okay. a better win percentage than Klopp and Arteta's for sixty seven games. Oh, nice. Is there a trophy for that, Gary? Or No, I'm just pointing out an well, obvious did, reality. Yeah, they're, 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 this is the, the thing, though. It's, what, what, what are we measuring with 67 games? We're like, measuring that we have to give the man time. time. We have to. Oh, we you can't, have you to. Just, cannot sack another can't revert manager. back. Yeah. You can't Danny, revert back Danny, and sack another manager. had enough time or... But Danny wanted them gone from the start. I, I felt Danny he didn't had, want them involved. Yeah, I, I felt he had enough time after they announced it, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> uh, I just, I just do not... Do you want I my just... view on this? Do you want my view? We know your view from the United stand. Lads, pink gin and orange juice, by the way. Stunning. <laughs> Gary, Lovely. your face there was like a, a kid being surprised in the late eight show about seeing Al. What, <laughs> I, what is your favourite Al foreign impre- impression? I, I said this to Al up in Fitzpatrick's that night. He won't remember. But I said to him, like Ireland has had the Rosenstocks and the Callans who are really talented. Al has no right in the world to be doing Tony Soprano the way he does it, to be doing Al Pacino. It's unnatural. Hmm. This guy is international. <laughs> you know, a a he is in the nicest Absolutely. way possible. I heard him doing Tony Soprano. I swear to God, my head went. <laughs> I remember ringing you, Mero, going, did you see Al doing Tony Soprano? It's not fucking normal. <laughs> Between not, the breathing and the face. It's all like Yeah, but it's all about heavy breathing. And you can't, yeah. you know, you go like that, you know, your face kind of scrunches you a little bit. There's a bit of the narrow thought, too. Merry Christmas. Anybody <laughs> see the Christmas episode? What pussy was Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know, we had so much fucking trust in him. The fat fucking flick was wearing a wire underneath the center suit. What the fuck was going on there? <laughs> it's just not. No. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give Bobby his, his you know, credit with credit too. He did a good job of Santa Claus. <laughs> a very good job. <laughs> I love that episode. If you watch Sopranos oh, with a little kid, the little kid that already sat on on Santa's lap, Bobby Bacala. <laughs> He goes, fuck you, Santa. Oh, oh. But uh, the oh first, Im- the first Im- impression I ever heard Al doing was actually when he does his mam. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and he spoke about it on Free State during the week. But yeah. the, when Al went on WTS years ago, like the first time, he told <sighs> that story and he yeah. done the impressions. And I was just hooked in from then, like, just, <laughs> just unnatural. But uh, my, my, my mother's a character, though, and like she got involved in the early videos. She, you know, she, she would more. She'd be more than happy to be part of the sketches, you know. Because when I was living at home, you know, I kind of had this 
wasn't kind of I didn't do it on purpose. It just kind of came about that I was um, living in my in my own house with all of these different celebrities, and my mom got involved in the different sketches, and she'd even do impressions of Seth. She'd like Jeez. give a, a terrible attempt at doing impressions. But my mother's very like that. Hello, darling. Hello, Pinch. <laughs> and, and, when I, and when I ring my mom, I'm like, Alison looks at me and says, why do you answer the phone to your mother like that? Hello, darling. Hello, Pinch. <laughs> it's just her way. And I and I have to kind of, you know, keep that energy as well when I'm on the phone. Her, Hiya, mom. How are you? <laughs> it's you just know, her way. I remember years ago um, hearing uh, Noel Gallagher talk about Michael Jackson and he's uh, anyway yeah. he, he was described there was a there was a Michael Jackson documentary on it was the Michael Jackson documentary that was highly controversial when he said you know he oh likes yes the, one. you know get yeah. up the trees with the kids and stuff like the that sure one yeah but there was this bit in the documentary he's talking to Mar- Martin Basher and he says he, he's talking about a song I think he was talking about Billy Jean and he started describing Billy, how how he wrote Billy Jean, and he starts doing this, but much better than me. Like it's a drum track, right? <laughs> but then he starts verbalizing like the bass, and then he starts verbalizing like um that doom 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 the organ bit, right? And he's doing, and you just suddenly realize, fucking hell, this man is playing three instruments simultaneously with his mouth, right? And Noel Gallagher was saying this, that's not right. Like, this man hears things that we don't hear, right? Like, that normal humans don't hear. This guy is hearing them on a completely different level. And that's what I think of when I hear Al doing impersonation. Ah, Jesus. This is coming, these voices are coming from the wall. Right. That, there's no like I used to listen. I said to Al yesterday when I was a kid, I used to listen to years before. Al doesn't even know about him, but Mike Yarwood and all these impersonators yeah. from the <clears throat> 70s, and 80s, you know, they, and they were good because you went, oh, I think I know who he's doing. Right. Like Al has taken it to a new level. It's not it's n- you're not sitting there going, oh, I think I know who that is. It's like like Gary said fucking hell that's tony soprano i'm listening to tony soprano so Al, i don't know what magic is going on in your head when you hear these (laughs) i just um i mean if you watch some of my earlier videos from like 13 years ago when i started doing this like uh, the impressions are they're pretty bad like they're raw uh you know the what was it? it was a february saturday afternoon February 2010 and um, I was a couple of months away from doing my leaving cert I was just finishing up school then and I remember going to uh, he won't mind me name he's a huge Liverpool fan by the way Paul Niall Murphy is his name like he's always going in guy. like him already yeah Luis Garcia uh, 10 I think is his is his username on Twitter and he's always going in on me but we're mates and he had like a free gap for I think six months his mom um Man went away to to India for like six months, and he, he's like five minutes away from Tamangos. So I'm I'm, I'm from Port Marnock, and Tamangos is, is our local. So uh, the lads decided, you know, they they went to Tamangos the night before on the Friday night. I decided I wasn't going to do it because I had penciled in 
to go to the, to his house on the Saturday morning with the lads to record some of my um, impression videos because I've been doing them in the smoking garden in Tamangos for months on end. And the yeah. lads are saying, oh, you should, you should post these on YouTube. And I remember going there the following day and the lads were absolutely fucked. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> it had been up all night, whatever, you know, having a fucking a gaff party, whatever. And I arrived in my little camcorder doing impressions of, you know, Alan from The Hangover, Jedward. Jedward was a really popular one. That was 2010. And I remember, I remember when Jedward were a big thing. And I, I, that was the impression that went essentially viral for me. I don't, on remember, YouTube. I don't, and when I don't I, remember. You know, Jedward. You still do that? Oh. No, because, because it went, I'm saying that viral. It went viral in the likes of Malahide, Swords, <laughs> Port Marnock viral, Fingal viral, we're talking here. <laughs> Tamango's viral. And I remember Tamango's viral. And I remember um, my school had got wind of, of the videos and they um, they actually they put together a little genius idea. Uh, we used to have a thing called Thought of the Day in our school from Monday to Friday. And it would be our school chaplain, Sister Jer, that would, she'd go on the intercom and, you know, she'd read out a prayer and a popular song would, would come on every day. Um, and Friday, she'd always have the... Friday, I'm in love by the cure without fail. She'd play that every Friday. But for um, this particular thought of the day, she didn't play a song. She actually um, decided to play a prank on the whole school that Jedward had come to Port Marnock Community School. And <laughs> she's from, she from the north and she said, Would you believe it? You're not going to believe who's here in the office. John and Edward have decided to come to the school. John, Edward, you did so well on the extra. You know, and I said, "What's up, Sister Jair? How are you? It's so good to be here. Put my community school. Oh my God, so cool! It's like you know, the senior students wear the navy uniform, and like the junior students from first to third year wear like the wine uniform, and it's like so cool. Oh my God, amazing! Yeah." <laughs> but we had and, and as soon as the fucking thought of the day finished, um, she, yeah, thank you, Jennifer, for joining us. The fucking <laughs> students rallied, rallied towards the fucking main office as soon as the first class had finished to see if Jedward were there. But it was brilliant. We had them all hook, line, and sinker. Oh, you know, and I remember some of the teachers, some of the some of the hard nosed teachers as well. One in particular, my engineering teacher, and he had a ten to two walk on him. He was from the. He was from. Uh, I think he was from Limerick. Uh, he won't. He won't. I don't know if he if he listened, Mister Conway. But he was. Oh, like he that. does. He's been in touch with us. Yeah, he listens. Al, <laughs> Al, nobody. Ten to two Let's be honest here. He gave me a wink. He walked by me. He knew it was me. He gave me a wink. Well done. <laughs> well done for him. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, that's that, that was how it started. Like, if you look back at those videos, I must, I'll, you know, I'll send you the link to those videos because they're hilarious. You know, it's the impressions are raw. They're not, you know, up to scratch like they are now. And that's the thing, like, you know, I believe anyone can do an impression. I believe anyone has the ability to do an impression. You know, you don't just do one and you, and you, you get the accuracy, you know, click of a finger off the bat. You don't. You, you have to work on it constantly. And like uh, another, um, it's it's one thing doing an impression, right? But yeah, to, to do an impression, you have to hear. Like you hear more, you hear about 
40% more than other people here, right? So I I listen to, you know, Tony Soprano, Woody Harrelson, um, mm. you know, Danny DeVito, Robert De Niro, anybody who you do, I, I listen to them. But I hear 40% more when I listen to you impersonating them. And that like, that's your yeah. skill. It isn't, it isn't just that, you know, I, I hear exactly, I don't hear what you hear and nobody hears what you mm. hear. It's only when... It's it's like, you know, it's like it's like, you know, people people who look at a music keyboard and they see all these black and white keys. Right. And you look at a music keyboard and you see you see melodies. That's the difference. Like, you know, I see bling, yeah. bling, 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 and you see melodies. And that I, yeah. I just that's why you're <laughs> extraordinary. It's only when I hear you impersonate someone that it suddenly becomes obvious to me. Um, yeah why why that person's inflections are funny or interesting or whatever but until i hear you impersonate them i don't i don't really hear them as interesting voices do you know what i mean yeah and i <laughs> mentioned this to you before i think i said it to i think i said it to to graham and uh, and danny before paul and gar like you know when i'm studying an impression you know the voice comes first obviously but you think all right he's got the voice now he has to learn the mannerisms next. Yeah. No. Yeah. Once I learn the voice, it's funny. It's like a natural flow of order. The mannerisms just come naturally after learning the voice. You actually sink, you, you essentially sink into the character. You know, <laughs> the, the methodical approach takes over. So the mannerisms come naturally with the voice. It's amazing. I think it's very fascinating. I spoke to other impressionists and they said the same thing to me. It's not like, oh, you learn the voice. Now, next off, you have to learn the, the the facial expressions. No, it's that all comes naturally with it. Al, and who who Al, who I'm speaking, Graham? Who <laughs> who would you like? Who do you look at now? Uh, I know you, you like you you read your Ray Connor more. Well, who's out there that, yeah. that you look at and you go, "Fuck me, he is he or she is shit hot." Oh, there's so many out there now. Like Connors, I just have the utmost respect for. I think his um. I think his work ethic, his work ethic is phenomenal in the stuff that he does, and his um, his sketches are just they're just so good. They're just on point. Um, with regards to like you know, my heroes are Frank Caliendo. You know, if you've ever seen Frank Caliendo, he's arguably the greatest impressionist you will ever see in your entire lifetime. The impressions that he does are just spot on. Um, he went viral years ago doing impressions of uh, John Madden and a lot of the American football. He did Bill Belichick, the Patriots coach, and then he does impressions of actors. Um, he's been on the, the likes of ESPN, uh, Fox Sports, you know, taking off the anchors in front of them, the pundits in front of them. He's unbelievable. And his Hollywood impressions are insane. And then obviously, yeah, you've, my inspirations are the likes of Oliver and Mario. You know, we all have gift club and that pretty much as well. Mm -hmm. That pretty much is a huge, massive influence on me. You know, the likes of Barry Murphy, Richard Cooper, and Gary Cook. You know, I've I've had the I've had the, the honor and privilege of working. I haven't worked at Richard, but I've worked with Barry and Gary, you know, on, on, on a show we did. It was about four or five years ago, um, in D two, D two on Harcourt yeah. Street. We did yeah. a gig there. Yeah. Um you know, so they were a lot of that was my inspiration. But if I'm looking at the, you know, the, the impressionists that 
for me is the the pinnacle. You know, the the ghost for me, it is Frank Caliendo. He's absolutely terrific. You know, and and then comedy inspirations, just in general, Larry David. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Here, your 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 Tyson Fury is bringing you everywhere. How how's that been like? What what was the yeah. uh, what was the impression that got Tyson to bring you on board? Uh, it was it was him essentially the impression I did of him. But he he like he he for years he had always you know supported me, followed me, he'd always retweet me stuff. Um, he, he's he's a really nice fella. Like in person, he's he's just a decent bloke. He's normal, you know. There's there's no real airs and graces about him. And um, when we're on the tour, he gets up at eight a.m. every morning. Him, his dad, uh, he brings along some of his brothers. He brings he has a his, his bodyguard Brendan. He doesn't need one, but Brendan just comes along because Brendan's a good friend of his, and he's actually given Brendan a lot of work with. Uh, other boxing events, which is great, but they go on a on a two k like they go on a, on a two mile run at eight o'clock in the morning. They come back to the hotel and they're in the gym. I don't I don't go on the run now. I I meet them in the gym, <laughs> but like he, he just he brings a great energy and um, to the tours, and you know it's it's been great working with him the last what's it now the last two years properly. The first couple of shows I did with him was in twenty nineteen. Uh, just after the first Wilder fight, but uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been great. Give us a bit of Tyson there. Well, I'll tell you something, there, a hundred percent. That's it. You're looking at the easy <laughs> fight. You've got some big fights as well this weekend. You've got some very big. You've got that big bodybuilder Dossa Anthony Joshua fighting. Beyond who I'm absolutely still fighting. And I tell you something, me dad, he wants to say something about it too. I tell you something. All these other men fighting on that card. Don't even have to spit it by some person. Fighting is the greatest anyway of all time. And then we have your son Tommy. Yeah, just want to say, glad to be here on the WCS. So, thanks so much for having me. It's great. It's almost. It's uh, not, like it's absolutely not <laughs> perfect. Like you know, and for me, my, my my personal favorite is always you, bang. I always <laughs> and, and, and Paul and Paul. Obviously, you you're uh, a wit uh, with body at the moment, and, and he's, he's with the book with body. And I, I think body is is such an interesting character. And I've got to know Steve over the years, and we've become very good friends. After a fight, and and I, I know you know I, my, my own son Chris Junior. We have our issues. I've always said that you know it was a lot of pressure on him to live up to my legacy. <laughs> but sometimes you sometimes you just can't be the Simba to you, your father's Mufasa. <laughs> Understand where I'm coming from. If, if, oh my god spent, back in the day a lot when you were still in school right i i spent a lot of time around chris eubank because i was a sports writer and he was kind of the man of the moment you know and, and he fought steve collins and i was close to the collins family and i was ghost writing steve's book so i was kind yeah. of like i i used to go to um steve was staying in romford in the match barry hearns uh, houses in in Essex, yeah. 
And I was writing the book with Steve over there and we'd bump into Eubank occasionally, you know. So I was just fascinated by him. Absolutely. I just thought he was incredible. Like, you know, just such yeah. an interesting character, like no one I'd ever met before in boxing. And I had dinner with Barry Hearn uh, one night, years later. Yeah. And it's the greatest night of it's the greatest night of my whole career, right? I spent I sat there for four hours in Dublin listening to Barry Hearn tell stories. And he had this wonderful story about about Chris Eubank that you just reminded me of there. So he said, um, we went to see he said, I've got a couple of tickets to Barbara Streisand, right? In the, somewhere in London. And Barbara Streisand has this thing where if she sees empty seats in the first like 10 or 20 rows, she won't go on, right? This proper diva thing, like, you know? Mm. So they have to employ seat fillers to fill in, to sit in seats if somebody leaves. Oh my God. Walk up the stage. So anyway, Barry said, we're sitting there at ringside and we're all ready to go. And Chris suddenly decides he wants to go for a slash, right? And and she's about to come on. So he said, Chris, I'm going, I'm going to the toilet, right? So he, <laughs> he walks up, right? And Barry said, I'm sitting there. I'm going, fucking hell, Chris. What why'd you go now? What? He said it was a total attention grab. He wanted all the fucking attention. He's gotta get it off. So off Chris goes and he said, he's gone for 15 minutes, right? And there's mayhem in the arena. Everybody's getting restless, going, where is she? Where is she? She won't come on because the seat next to Barry Hearn is empty, right? So Barry said, anyway, five minutes, about 15 minutes later, he suddenly hears everybody's going bananas and he looks up behind him and he said there's chris at the top of the arena coming back from a slash right and he has his, mon he has his monocle in and he has his cane right and he's doing a. he said he's doing a. he's doing his ring entrance right coming back from the jacks and like so simply the best simply the best isn't playing but it's like it is in his head you know and he's yeah. into the crowd and pose and all the rest so uh -huh. It took him about, about 10 minutes to get from the top of the arena back to the seat in the front row. And Barry said, he sat down beside me and he, he tapped one of the ushers on the shoulder with his cane. Do you remember he used to carry the cane? Yeah. yeah. He came and he said, you may tell Miss Stryphon she can come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Love that. Love that. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Oh, that's a fantastic story. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll come here to me as this is the the, the Christmas special. Uh, if, hmm. if, if I'm assuming you'll have the insider knowledge, if we were to ask what a few of our favourite celebrities have asked Santa for Christmas, I'm sure you'd be able to help us out. Yeah, with of course. Right on that. I, yeah. I, I always want to know what Joe Pesci is asking for for Christmas. <laughs> well, you know what I ask for Christmas every year. The fucking not show Home Alone on any of the fucking television stations. <laughs> not show it on your fucking streaming. Put it on fucking everything. The movie, the two movies in particular, the biggest piece of shit I've ever watched in my entire life. How the fuck do people find it funny? <laughs> I tell you, you know, because no, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a working class actor. I still consider myself a working class actor. And the fact that I agreed to do those movies, the biggest fucking mistake of my life. A kid, a kid fucking said, what are you laughing at, Howard? What the fuck do you find so funny about it? What are you? Just the way you tell the story. The way I tell the story about the kid, but you know, setting my hair on fire. What the fuck is wrong with that? He's a fucking. 
no, I can't it's believe they gave the little prick a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the little fucking prick. Let's talk about Barbara Streisand being a fucking diva, Paul. Let me tell you something. This kid was fucking next level. <laughs> has, has Eddie Murphy got his got his request in yet? Let me tell you, I brought a, a brand new movie. Let me tell you that. <laughs> it's all Amazon Prime. Nobody's watching that shit. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's the thing, Danny. Danny, 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 let me tell you, that's the thing. You know, I, I agree to do these movies. And, and now I got a new Bentley Hills uh, cop coming out next year. I think I'm going to watch that. But let me tell you, I've done all these kids' movies for years, man. And I tell the studios, I don't give a shit how much, how much you make. As long as you give me my $20 million, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I just make that. I don't give a shit if the Rock to Battle score is 20%. I just make the money and I fuck off. <laughs> an, 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 old, an old favorite of mine. What, what's Louis Van Gaal asked for? <laughs> for me, I ask. I ask that the dollars are like Paul Howard wants the downfall of Manchester United uh, from the board to the team because they disrespect. My philosophy, <laughs> they disrespect Louis Van Gaal's army, uh, and that is all I ask for. That is all I ask for. Oh, and maybe I'm... some toys for Mesho Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, as, as Katie Taylor put, put her letter in to, to, to Big Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's been an unbeatable year. Um, you know, from 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 the old to the low to the highest high, and um, yeah, just unbelievable. Uh, just continue the same trajectory next year, and hopefully get Crow Park over the line. And yeah, so you know, let's hope Saint Nicholas is going to do a job for me this year. Fantastic, um, appreciate all your support. You know, thanks for the neighbors. You know, you Bobby Bracklats. You know, we're you know we're about five minutes away from each other down the M50. Of course, fantastic. We're talking about that. And we're also, I uh, didn't do Ten Hag. You have to wear uh, different points because it's different. <laughs> so, uh, uh, because the, the points of what we're doing, uh, Paul Howard is my biggest troll on Twitter. Uh, I see his tweets and uh, I get upset. So for me, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I think you don't ask Dunphy a question. I think that's a disgrace. <laughs> I think it's a disgrace. You know, I'm a national treasure, baby. I've been a national treasure for such a long time. You know, and that's the that's and that's the truth. It really is. You know, from the rock metal folks, you know, to to some of the great. Right, uh, predictions I made about certain players, like Ronaldo, you know, I said he was a modern-day brat. He still is a modern-day brat. Maybe I was wrong about his potential, but you can't deny the brat part. <laughs> I'll tell you, I miss Lily Bordello, so I can tell you that was a great place. You know, yeah. Oh, piano bar upstairs. <laughs> Oh, really? uh, Al, Al, your 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 Eamon Dunphy is better than Eamon Dunphy's Eamon Dunphy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, well, Paul, when I met him a couple of years ago, he wasn't too impressed. In fact, he was insulted. 
I did my uh, Steve Collins. I, I I said that Steve Collins was from Blanchardstown. And he said, he's not from Blanchardstown, you fucking trap site. He's from Cool Man. <laughs> cool Man. <laughs> Are you working on anyone at the moment, Al? Walking. Christopher Walking. My dad has been pushing me to, to work on that impression for, for years. You know, you're talking like that. You gotta be straight to the point. You know, you gotta <laughs> relax. You gotta do, you know, talking about Christmas, talking about the stress, talking about last minute gifts for everybody. <laughs> that probably gonna forget in two months. What's the point? I don't know. We do it because. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I think, like Paul, you just gone to Woody Harrison. I think for me, that, like, I love that impression. Yeah, because when when you're doing Woody, you have to be very slow. Oh and my you're god, and Jeez it's great, Christ. man. <laughs> I think you don't hear anybody doing Woody Harrison. They don't. They do Matthew McConaughey, my brother from another mother. They're doing all the Wilson, but I think it's great. I really do. Is that's what it is? You hear, you hear and Michael Keaton. I love hear. Michael Keaton. Like so, so, so we like you're hearing things we don't hear, and when you do the impression, it's obvious to us. We go, yes, that's exactly what they sound like, but only when <laughs> you do it. Yeah, what it sound like? Yeah, it's, it's, sorry, I'll go on, go on, It's just there's certain inflections you, you know, you find in the character, um, you know, with with Woody Harrelson, you know, I think the inspiration for that impression came from my my love for True Detective season one and how incredible that show was and my one of my all-time favorite comedies i think it's the most underrated gem of the 90s is kingpin oh. uh, you know and, and he really? plays a bit of an agent in that you know but just yeah that's where kind of the inspiration came from for the woody harrison and then you watch interviews as well you know uh, and i've heard you talking about true detective series one before and it's brilliant I watched it twice, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Am I right in saying, do you remember the house and there was the L one and the son and they were fucked up? Yeah, yeah. Is there a scene in that, and I'm trying to term this in, in a mannerly fashion, is there a scene where the son is playing banjo on the mother? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, like, no, I, think, bass. I thought it was double bass, Gary. So there's a scene, and <laughs> to me, the son was interfering with the mother. What the mother didn't care. I mean, we're what we? we're at. We're at the hour mark by now. People are probably moving on to their dessert if they've tuned in for a Christmas dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is listening to this, sorry, I went a bit Christmas off topic dinner, there. But I, I, I tell you what. The, I'd give it another watch and I'll revert back to you. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Yeah, it's it's important we get those things. Uh, we get those things. Uh, what's the Michael Keaton like? Yeah, oh, it's become one of my favorites. But it's just it's basically it's him having his mental breakdown in Batman. Yeah, he talks like that. Hey, come on, there's a bit of build just to too. Okay, come on. It's been like that. It's a bit nuts. Yeah, come on, come on, man. let's go. 
<laughs> was he the best Batman? Oh, uh, yeah. for me, there's 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 tears of who the best, but like Christian Bale's the best Bruce Wayne. Mm. Ah, it's a toss up between him. I, I personally, he just he didn't work with the best of directors, but Ben Affleck, I thought was a very good Batman. See, I'm yeah. I'm with you here, Al, right? Because Ben Affleck yeah. for me, if if they remade Jaws and Ben Affleck was the shark, I'd still watch it. He's that. <laughs> I t- I yeah, I do you know what I think he gets a lot of unfair um for his acting, I think he gets a lot of slack. That's uh it's 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 undeserved. The the uh, town is one of the best fucking movies ever. No, oh, and he's an unbelievable director. Mm. Uh, did anyone see the Michael Jordan movie Air? Oh, Him and Matt Damon. Yeah. Very, very good. Seen that one. No, oh, Meryl, there's a there's a good Christmas watch for you, pal. It really? is such a good movie, and it's a feel good movie as well. It's both feel good and motivational. Meryl, it's... do you want to watch that together? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do. Do you want to come here? I'll go to you. Yeah. No, I'll drop up to you around the twenty seventh. <laughs> okay. Will Let me be... know what day. Like, let me know what day you're coming. Wednesday, this day week. Sorry, this day next week. Is that is that not Christmas? Oh, right, two days after Christmas. Yeah, okay. See yeah, you here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's the twenty seventh. Yeah. Will there be spiced spiced beef sandwiches in the setting there, lads? Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Al, have you? Uh, Al, you're a dub, right? <laughs> right. Have, have you have you discovered the joy of the spiced beef sandwich? I haven't had no, no. I haven't I, had a spiced beef spice, sandwich. A spiced beef sandwich is one of those um, Irish traditions that's sort of um, like the elf on the shelf <laughs> that I I never heard of until about ten years ago. You know, there are people okay. say, to tell you, "Oh, the elf on the shelf is an ancient Irish tradition." I I never heard Isn't of it that's until about three years ago. But anyway, spice. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Spice beef on the shelf. Nonsense. It's uh, the elf on the shelf is not, but anyway, spiced beef is not nonsense. It's a cork and limerick thing, right? And it's mm-hmm. a Christmas Eve thing. They have um, a, a piece of beef, a side of beef, and they marinate it in spices and all the rest. And then on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, they cook it in the deep, whatever. What, what, Mara, what would you cook it in? I don't know what you cook it in. I just thought that the sandwich was gorgeous. Well, you cook it in. You oh, a slow cooker. You do slow it cooker, slow cooker. Yeah. Slow cooker. Yeah, and uh, and you slice it really, really thinly. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it's like pastrami almost. Pastrami, exactly. Oh, right. Now that you say yeah. like that, it sounds more appealing to be honest. And you put it between two <laughs> slices of really, really fresh white bread. Yeah. You cut it into triangles, yeah. a side of crisps. It is absolutely astonishing. But it's a cor- It's a cork thing. And uh, well, sorry. my mom does it every year. My mom oh. does do it, and my oh. mom's side are cork. My both oh. my grandparents oh. and my mom's side are from cork, right? Oh, there you go. So, you have this, you know about this thing, oh, uh, yeah, but not the sandwiches. Not because oh, I never heard of the sandwiches. sandwiches. You just eat White the beef bread, off the nice butter, yeah, just, just on the on the on the Christmas plate, along with the, the ham and turkey. Um, oh, jeez, oh, oh. a triple meat that's. Fucking that's yeah, my, yeah, yeah. You must be sweating like I don't know what on Christmas Day. <laughs> I fucked, yeah. And now Al- Alison, she doesn't get it. Spiced beef, what the hell is that? 
but it is it's it is essentially a, a Cork and Limerick well, thing. Well, this and, year, this year, you'll have to take Howie's advice now and stick it on a bit of bread and butter. And Christmas Eve, definitely do that. I'll, oh, yeah, do it. And have a, bo- a two-liter bottle of Seven Up on the on the side because you're going to need it for the thirst, right? But if you if you eat that. Anyway, certain members of um, this podcast scoffed at me about two weeks ago um, when I mentioned the spice beef because we we kicked off Christmas early this year in this house at the first of November, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we actually we put on like so so I I put on the Christmas um, music videos on the on the first of November, the day after Halloween, um, yeah. Seven, Four on Scott on the Virgin box, right? Christmas videos. I'm listening to Christmas time, mistletoe and wine. Uh, <clears throat> when the snowman brings the oh, snow, yeah. oh, slayed everything since the first of November. Yeah. And so we go early with Christmas. Well, I do, but we went early with the spiced beef. And Mero scoffed at me last week, and we went to see um, Christy Moore. Mero, Mero, stop shaking your head. We went to see Christy Moore. Uh, where was it? Vicar Street in Vicar Street. And Where I, was it? <laughs> and Mar- Mary, well, Meryl picked me up and dropped me to the door. It was, it was Vicar Street. Uh, Mary made Meryl a spice beef sandwich before we, because she, because, you know, Meryl was very skeptical. She cut yeah. the crust off. She did everything for him. And I handed, handed to him in the car. Uh, Meryl, and Meryl me you, you entered another dimension, did you? Oh, that's what? You you entered another dimension after you took a bite out of that. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's probably because I was hard to get Mero to try anything new. Like he's on here going on about he's open minded and all that, you know. Like Mero Mero spends a lot of his time, you know, either in the I go in a Ballybrack village or eating eating pasta bacon in his in his gaff, right? (laughs) (laughs) To get like that would be. Like to get Marrow to eat that spiced beef sandwich. I knew looking at him in the car, like this is a culture shock, right? That this lad has never he's not prepared for this, you know. Like this yeah. is like this is like asking uh you know a Jewish person to to face Mecca and pray. Like that's how you know, <laughs> yeah. that's very topical. That's what a big moment it was. <clears throat> Marrow horsed into the sandwich, and I'm looking at his little face, and I just thought. He's 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 experienced something here, right? You were delighted. Oh, uh, listen, gorgeous. I, I have some weird combinations. Like what, my old, um, my child minder growing up, she's essentially she's, she's like my second mammy, and I still keep in touch with her to this day. Yeah, you know, like I send her Christmas cards, presents. Her, you know, her birthday is nine days before my birthday. I have a really close relationship with her, and she. Uh, had this combination of toast with the uh, aromat meat seasoning on top, right? Mm. You know, the red canister, yeah. yeah. And I used to, uh, me, I used to go through them like no tomorrow when I was a kid. I just used to love, love them. My meat seasoning on toast, unbelievable. Well, unbelievable. And yeah, and but- butter the toast immediately to make sure that the butter melts. A bit of melt, when yeah. you, you know, when you, yeah, when, when you, Pour, just drizzle a little bit of the meat seasoning on top of the toast. It melts in, and it's absolutely amazing. And anybody who I've, you know, who I've mentioned to it to thinks it's disgusting, and then once they try it, there. Uh, oh, that I, sounds I, a little bit like my my pate and marmalade. Um, 
idea, which Mero felt was, was years ahead of its time. I think that was his yeah. word, but as, I think astonishing was what he said after he tried it. That was the but, but there's nothing wrong with that, Paul, because you can mix pate and cranberry together. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, you can. Yeah. This is my cranberry sauce. Like you're pressing yeah. all sorts of buttons with me here with that. Like that's absolutely 100% it. And the mince pies with the, I, I can't stress this enough. The mince pies with a bit of blue cheese underneath the lid of the mince pie, 45 seconds in the microwave. Oh. Try it, everybody. Marrow's sticking his tongue out there like he's getting sick. And <laughs> a lot of the time with Marrow, it's just like you need to get him out of the eye go. You know, <laughs> I, think Mero, I think part of this as well is that Mero has a problem with marmalade because no, he often he often forgets. You, the Mero, you've always had a problem he with does, marmalade. He Mero. does because he he does because he often forgets <laughs> the difference between jam and marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> Mero, do you know the difference between jam and marmalade? Orange <laughs> jam is marmalade. <laughs> Orange jam, yeah. You you have Doug Merrow, you've you've hit a good few decent restaurants this year, I've noted. You've Thanks, been in Gary. some you've been in some nice spots. Oh, yeah. So I think you are good shifts. You're you're trying to be a bit more intercontinental with your palate, which is great to see. <laughs> a bit like Gunther. <laughs> Al Al, would you give us because uh, we're we're always looking for places to go and eat as we, we take things on tour. Where's where's your go to oh. restaurant? Where's Gordon Ramsay's go to place? Oh, yeah. oh thank you. Thank you, Brian. Greatly <laughs> fucking appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I may as well describe the place. It's in, because I'm living up here in fucking Bettystown, okay? And <laughs> the place is in Dubuque. It's called Trial. It's a restaurant that's in a closed fucking church, would you believe? And it's a wonderful restaurant. Beautiful food. Lovely flavour. Lovely fucking textures. Beautiful. Bribe in Dubuque. A lovely spot. It's a bit yeah. far from you, lads, but anyone up <laughs> around that area, I highly recommend it. Gordon Ramsay fucking recommends it. Okay. <laughs> and you've been very <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to come on this for uh, a I'm little surprise for the lads. We coordinated ah, lads. the last two uh, days. This is made yeah, by, thanks this a million, is made by Christmas. Honestly, it's made yeah, by Christmas. I was hoping the conversation could, could get on to... Our favorite, uh, I'm a big music fan, like, you know, and I was hoping the conversation could go to our favorite Christmas songs, like, you know, do you have, oh, like, yeah. what what absolutely lights your tree? Christmas do you know what? Obviously, you, ha you have the classics, but I'm starting to think that um, that Coldplay Christmas lights song, I think it's going to be, you know, a top 10 classic in about 10, 15 years. In People are starting to appreciate it more. Yes. I know you mentioned the, the Ed Sheeran and Elton John one as well, Paul. I think that's just an unbelievable song. If you want an underrated Christmas classic that should be played on the radio a lot more, it's Dan Fogelberg, Old, Old Lang Syne. Has anybody heard that song? Uh -huh. No, no, no. You'll know the, the, the melody, the tune once you hear it. It's a beautiful Christmas song. One of those underrated gems. Right. But I love the, the darkness one. The darkness one. Oh, fuck off, man. What? <laughs> I <laughs> Let the bells, like the double entendre, the bells ring. Give over, Barrow. Like, run, run the spot. I have a soft spot for the darkness. I bought their album uh, in 2003 when they, were, they, when they became like a big thing. They were only a big thing for a year, but I thought they were yeah. great. They were refreshing at that time. 
That was a great R- Christmas song. Run DMT, as well. do a Christmas song, and it's fantastic. Oh, Christmas and Hollis. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Christmas and Hollis. A that was a good one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah we let you go. Red Cortina. Red Cortina by the Saw Doctors. Do you know that's that song? I'm not familiar with it. It's not, not a Christmas, that Christmas song. song, is it? It's not a fucking Christmas song, is it? Christmas part. Thirty-seven, <laughs> seven. Heartbeat like an earthly tremor. Oh, Who sings that? You know, what, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas song. The Saw Doctors. Yeah, we'll leave it to them, the please. Thank you. Well, that was oh, a Galway God. accent, Mary. Give over, just because Al Horns here, like you know. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a. I, I just think that's an. I think that's an amazing song, like you know. So, like anyway, just picking it up for the Irish songs, and yeah, you know, while well, you're gone, how, how he's on the Starbucks Wi-Fi he's again? He's gone. He hasn't, he hasn't paid. Again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's robbing the neighbor's Wi-Fi again. Like you know, we. Uh... But I've noticed as well. Sorry, I know. I know. I'm... I'm kind of finishing up, but I noticed the last couple of years, the likes of Last Christmas, um, All I Want for Christmas is You, they're in the top three in the charts every year now. Yeah, yeah, mm. I'm there, there's two. Am I here, though. lads? Hear me? There yeah, you are, you're back. yeah, there, you're back. Yeah, you're back. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, yeah I think it was back. when I said that, um, Fairy Tale in New York <laughs> wasn't a Christmas song. The, the Wi-Fi suddenly cut off. The, the ghost of shame again and said, I'm not having this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on there? Yeah, that's you creepy, isn't haunted. it? You anyway. Huh? Huh? Here's another <laughs> um, shame again. Look at fucking tell you what, here's, here's a question for you. When was the last time, when was the last time there was a Christmas number one where the song was completely unrelated to Christmas, completely unrelated to the X Factor, completely unrelated to boycotting the X Factor single? <laughs> oh, was it Mad World? Mad World. That I was going to say Mad World. Yeah, and it was shy. Terrible song. Shite song. Yeah, was that Christmas number one? It was a Christmas number that one. Was Christmas yeah. number one in two thousand three. Yeah, lads, awful. I have to say, right, a Christmas, an album of Christmas number twos is far better than an album of Christmas number ones. I'd agree with you. Absolutely. Right. There's... You've got Fairy Tale in New York. You've yeah. got um, Caravan of Love by the House Martins. Oh, that's a great song, right? one, yeah. Super UK dark. number twos, is it, Paul? What? UK number twos. What, sorry, Mary. What, sorry, what's it? What are you getting at here? Here's <laughs> the Irish chart. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Day Dan and... Foster and Alan, Mero, is it? Foster and Alan. No. Mero, very get, the Mero, get out of the eye go, will you? Mero, get out of the eye go. <laughs> this Christmas. Just get out of the eye go. Like, it's a very small world. Like, <laughs> he's, he's after missing part of the conversation because he's eating a pasta bake again. Don't worry. Move on, Paul. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, Christmas number twos, like, Starting Over by John Lennon. Like, the if you look at the list online... Yeah, of twos against ones. Twos is a far better album, but the number of Chris- the number of Christmas number ones that aren't actually Christmas songs, uh, Mister Blobby. Yes, um, You know, mm. uh, West. What, what was that? Bob the Builder. Stay, that stay that, that song. I oh God. I, fuck, I I changed the radio. The second it comes on, I'm do- I can't can't stand it. What song? What song? E seventeen. Stay another day. E seventeen. Not having a I, I, there, there's two I want to, to, to throw into the mix here, lads, right? Oh, okay, Danny. Right, uh, Darley and Love, All Alone on Christmas. Incredible. It's, it's a brilliant yeah. fucking number. Incredible. Absolutely brilliant mm. number. Incredible. 
Um, and then the the other one here, and I always have to look it up because I always get fucking, I always get lost on on the name of it. Um, so it, it it's the Joe Pesci one. The it, it is a comedy song. Hold it on the Christmas. <laughs> is that it? Uh, but that's the one from no. Home Alone, isn't it? Darling in Love is the one. Yeah, but Joe Pesci has. Ah, what's a uh, uh, so you want to be a gangster? It's like a rap. It's not the rap. No, it's not the rap. No, it's like it's if it doesn't snow at Christmas, how's fat ass going to fly? And he has a a, a child's choir and all in the background. Ah, That's fucking brilliant, lads. Geez, you'll have to look into that, Al. Yeah, hang on. (laughs) It's absolute gold. It is for for me, Danny. Right for for me, the golden era for. For, for Christmas songs was about 1972 mm. to about 1985, maybe 1989. Like it was that whole, uh, if you buy now, that's what I call Christmas, the album, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. like Paul that, McCartney. Yeah. Simply having, it's going to be Elton John. It's going to be Wizard. Wizard Mud, yeah. They can stay. Cliff Richard, those 20 years are one proper golden period for the Christmas. Yeah, song, it is. Right? The only decent song to come for me outside of that. A lot of people are going, oh, Mariah Curry, all I want for Christmas oh, is no. you. For me, it's Kelly Clarkson underneath the tree. Oh, I, I yeah, think yeah. Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson, Clarkson smashes it out of the ballpark with that song. She, she does me. an amazing version of Run, Run, Rudolph as well. A fucking amazing version of it. Danny, you never told me. Why are you only bring this now? Like, what? I just, sometimes I like to keep things to myself because I'm a selfish bollocks. Was she on American <laughs> Idol, Kelly Clarkson? She's on one of them. Exactly, Gary. Yeah. A competition winner. And she's uh, and she she produced this Christmas classic for me. Like, and, and we'll be listening to that in 50 years' time, I think, anyway. I, I've, an update, I've an update yeah. on the, the Joe Pesci. I'm very Gary, or Meryl, thanks for saying that because I, I do get worked <laughs> up about Christmas songs, you know, and <laughs> ones I like, ones I don't like. And Clarkson just absolutely brings it. Well, go go a whore, Chuck Berry cover. You won't regret it, Howie. Lads, have an update on the Joe Pesci situation. He released an album following My Cousin Vinny. All right, brilliant okay. movie, and it's called uh, Vincent LaGuardia Gambini sings just for you. And on it, there is a Christmas number called "If It Doesn't Snow at Christmas." Jesus, there you go, Al. Brilliant. There we go. I'll have a look at that then. Yeah, I uh, always play him as a character that is a bit of a he's a bit of a Grinch, a bit of a Scrooge. Well, that song fits the mold. Trust me. Yeah, I just always get the impression that that he's never liked doing Home Alone. Or any is he a character in him? Or, or any? <laughs> yeah. He, 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 ah, yeah, he would be sure. He wouldn't be sure. He that. was in. He was in that new series with Pete Davidson. Um, it's called Bupkis. I haven't watched it yet. He plays his. He plays like his grandfather in it. And um, Jesus. that's his first acting role since The Irishman. And then The Irishman was his first acting role in I think nearly thirty years. Really? Yeah. He hadn't done anything. To to just loop us back there, because Paul, I I know you love the the Christmas song chat and whatever, and if I can borrow a gimmick from a great BBC show, Room 101, Okay. if if you were to to incinerate one Christmas song so we never have to hear it again, lads. Oh, man. What are we going with? Only one. Only Only one. one. 
Like I hate, like I hate. Uh, they said there be snow. Greg Lake. Do you not? I believe. I think it's a Thing. Hate it. It brings me down. Like you know. Yeah. And there's a line in it where he says, uh, "They they told, they told me the fairy story." They told me a fairy story until I believed in the Israel Israelite. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I don't I don't know. And and I'm not religious in any way. I I'm 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 a non-believer, but he pisses on my parade every year, you know? Like I like I'm I think I was saying to you lads last year when we did this <laughs> podcast, like at Christmas, like like Christmas, Christmas stopped really being special to me when I stopped believing in God, right? And you did say that. And 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 I still mean that. And I don't believe in God. I don't for a minute believe in God. But it was incredibly special uh, when I did, you know. And and I miss that. I miss going to I miss going to church at Christmas and listening to a choir singing yeah. Silent Night and believing every single word. You know, just standing there going, "Shit, mm. this actually happened." And I don't believe any of that anymore. So, but Greg Lake every year with his atheistic take on Christmas just brought me down. But I'm not, I'm not going to send him there. Oh. Right? I'm not going to send him to. It's a fucking one. plot twist now, Paul. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to send. It's a toss up between the darkness and. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I like, this is hard for me. Right. Because I flipping love Peter K. Right. But that Christmas song, yeah. over and over and, and over, over and over, yeah. I flipping hate it. Now I really like repetitive Christmas songs, like you know, I don't, I don't mind them at all. Um, but but that one in particular, because it's self consciously repetitive, it's kind of saying, mm-hmm. "I know we're, I know I'm pissing you. It's getting in your head. It's getting in your head. I hate it. I absolutely despise it." So I don't even know it. That's oh, awful, Merrill. Over you, and you, over you know and over it, again. Every December, it's always the same. Merrill, you know it. You, you definitely do know it, Graham. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's the piss take on the X Factor and plays yeah. the character Geraldine. Of, of Geraldine. Geraldine. Spot yeah. on, Al. Yeah, yeah. 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 I missed all that. I'm sending that to, I'm sending that to the room. Merrill, what are you sending cool. to the room? Um, Band Aids, do they know it's Christmas? Which one? The original, the 1990 Kylie Minogue version, the 2005 version, the original. Meryl, get out, get out, get out. If you had gone with the Kylie and Jason one, I would have been on their team, but yeah, no, fuck off. The original's great. I don't even remember the Kylie and Jason one, the, exactly. The, the original, get it in the bin. Oh, why, Meryl? Why? What are you talking about? I just don't like it, don't enjoy it. But you you weren't there. You weren't. It's like I'm a, I'm a Vietnam vet. You weren't there, man. Like if you had. Been it's not. It's not as popular though. It's not as popular as it once was. The Band Aid song. I find that it doesn't get the airplay that it did ten years ago. Because I can't, I can't give you. Yeah, I can't give you a reason why. I I think. Like I remember. I I when I was when I was a kid, I used to watch you know the the chart channels on on on. Sky, you know, the MTV channels or VH1. And I remember Band Aid would always be the number one Christmas song. Mm. And, you know, followed behind with maybe Last Christmas, then they'd have Fairy Tale in New York. I've noticed Band Aid has drifted. It's drifted away. It's kind of five, six, 
you know, it's fifth or sixth in 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 the in those charts. I can't give you a reason why. I can give you a reason why, Al. Okay, I'm like as as the only fifty three year old on this podcast, right? You weren't there. You weren't there, right? <laughs> we so in in, in here we song, go. Like no, in, but Paul, Paul, I'd argue that I was that I was there in two thousand and four when they released the one that was twenty years, the twentieth anniversary one. It wasn't as good as the, as the original is what I'm saying. Yeah. But the original at that time had that kind of that special Christmas feel about it. It had so the, this that was, popularity. But, but not only that, Al, right? When we were kids, so when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, we're watching these Michael Burke videos of um of Ethiopia and mm. and we're watching the starvation and all the rest, right? And a fella stood up and went. We need to do something about this. And he was a fella from Blackrock, Dunleary, right? Called Bob Geldof. Mm. And we were so proud in our house that this is an Irish guy doing this, right? And he got mm-hmm. together all of these pop stars. Like when I watched that video, these are, can you imagine getting together? Spanda Ballet, Wham, The Jam, uh, Banana Rama. You two, like, the police. Like, you two, the just police. A lot of these a lot of these bands hated each other. And there's a whole story to be written about what went on behind the scenes. Like Paul Weller from um who was then with the Style Council um called George Michael a wanker. Uh, <laughs> but George Michael he grabbed Last Christmas. You're a you're a fucking wanker. And and oh, George said, why? And he said, because you called you, you you slagged off Arthur Scargill in an interview in NME, MM, like you know. So, but wasn't there a bit of a conflict as well with George Michael, um, going to do, agreeing to do Band Aid because he had they, they had also released Last Christmas. No, what so happened he, he was yeah, you're, you're spot on now. What happened subsequently was George Michael said that he'd been denied a fourth number one in a row by Band Aid, yeah. but he said I don't mind it, but you know, um, but at the same time, we could have got, we could have been had four number ones. But mm. there was a fella called Jim Diamond who had a song called "I Should Have Known Better." Do you know that song? Is he anything to Neil, Paul? I shouldn't. No, no, he's not to Neil. But anyway, he's a one-hit wonder, Danny. Right? And he had the right. song went, "I Should Have Known Better to Lie to One as Beautiful as You." I Should Have Known Better. Anyway, it was number one. It was a breakout hit. And he was on top of the pops and he sang it and they interviewed him afterwards. And he said, I hope and pray I won't be number one next week because he knew <laughs> that he knew the Band-Aid single was coming. Right. Mm. And for a man that was no one ever heard of him ever again. Right. For a man to kind of give up his number one spot that easily, you kind of knew this is an amazing. So it was a moment. We were all waiting for the single. It was recorded in like 12. 12- 24 hours. It was one day they recorded it, produced it the next day. Mm. It was it was like so recorded on Saturday, produced it on Sunday. It was in the shops. It was pressed and in the shops on Tuesday. And it was number wow. one on Thursday night. Right. So it was a moment in time. And to get all of those musicians together and they hated each other. Paul Weller despised Paul Weller despised Bob Geldof, hated him. Absolutely hated him. And when Geldof rang Paul Weller and said, do the single with me, he, Paul Weller went, yeah, where are we? Like, where's that happening? And went. And hated, hated Geldof. Hated his politics, hated his music, hated everything about him. 
Spanda Ballet, Duran Duran. You know, they're filming. They're filming videos this is on tantrum. Yeah, because I feel very strongly about it, Meryl, if you don't mind me saying. Like, yeah. you know, you're always good at pulling people up for getting emotional about things. But, you know, people do feel people people have emotions, Meryl. You know, you need to accept that. Like, I, it's all I, very well for you eating your pasta bake, going to the Igo like, <laughs> five nights a week. You're very neutral, Meryl. Emotion, mind me saying, Meryl, you are very I, neutral emotionally. I, I think Howie, Howie's contextualization here is very important. And it is. Put Band-Aid 20. It's given it a stay of execution from the incinerator, Merrill. I'm sorry to say. Al Forden, can we divert to you? What song would you put on the scrap heap? Oh, God. Oh, there's a couple. Um, you love them all, Al. I do love them all. I'm, I'm very, I'm very festive. I do love them all. Um, I know it's hard saying this one because I, I loved it as a kid, but when I listen to it now, it's kind of like, I, I and you know my four year old loves it now. She she adores it. Maybe the Shaking Stevens one. Oh, look at you ruining Christmas! Look at you ruining Christmas! You fucker, Al. Go on. I, I just don't <laughs> think it's, it's. I just uh, the quality of the the single isn't. It's it's just no. It's oh, not good. I know that's poor little shaky, huh? Paul, no, you have the floor. What's your tantrum like now? But Shake and Stevens. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the Destiny's Child one actually throw that one in the bin. That's the oh, most that's, stupid that's Christmas song I've ever heard in my life. Okay. What was that yeah. one? Actually, what was that? I, I, I can't tell you the, the, the name twelve the, their version of the twelve days of Christmas. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking, fucking awful. It's fucking awful. It's not very Christmas. In the bin. I, I just say this about Shake and Stevens. Like I, I kind of think that you know, there's this thing where they say uh, the best the best World Cup you remember is the World Cup when you were 12, right? And for me, that's very true. The 1986 World Cup for me is the World Cup, right? And I kind of think it's the same with, with Christmas songs. And I remember I was about 13 when um, Merry Christmas, Everyone. Is that the one you're talking about, Al? Yeah. yeah. Snow is falling. And I was in, um, I was in Woodwork class. I'll never forget this. All of the lads here went to the same school as me, St. Lawrence College in Lachlanstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy called Alan Kelly, Mousy Kelly. Mr. Kelly. Mr. Kelly. The lads know him as Mr. Kelly because he was the <laughs> he was the janitor when they went there, but he was he was a, a guy in my class in school, right? He was a student, okay. He's a student. And we we had the same workbench and woodwork. And I remember we were planing the wood, right? And it was December, just before Christmas, we're playing in the wood. And he took all of the wood, the curls that come from the plane. And he, he went, snow is falling all around me. And he threw the wood curls up in the air and they fell down. <laughs> and every time that comes on, I'm watching, I'm watching <laughs> Christmas music channel since the 1st of November, right? Every time <laughs> I watch that video, I just think of my friend Alan Kelly and I remember that. <laughs> the laughter in the class when he just did that out of nowhere, you know, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I always laugh at last Christmas when George Michael um, is, you know, he's he's shaking his little glass, his, his I think it's his brandy glass and he's looking across the table at the, at the girl. In the last yeah. Christmas video, I think it's the me and my cousin. We just every time we seen that in the music video, we just used to laugh our asses off at it. 
But you knew he wasn't really interested in the woman, right? No, I just thought it was I just thought it was hilarious. I just thought the look as a 13-year-old kid, I thought that was just so funny. (laughs) I started watching that that video recently with a different eye, like you know, because I I I was watching it for years and years, but I only saw recently that do you remember I love that video there's a flashback to the previous Christmas and George gives your one with the big hair do you know your one with the kind of the the love interest in the video she's got that perm you know they were very fashionable in the mid 80s the perm and anyway he he gave her there's a flashback to her he gives her the brooch and flash forward and she's sitting at the table which with Andrew Ridgely she what a dick move by by the way, to for Andrew Ridgely to go there to that skiing chalet with George's ex from the year before, right? But whatever about that. But mm. Andrew is wearing the brooch that George gave to her, right? But he's wearing it upside down. Did you notice that? Yeah. That, that's a subtlety that had missed me. That's it, yeah. I, I missed, missed that now. I mean, it's very messed up, the whole thing. But mm. when I see, when I watch that, I'm obsessed with that last Christmas video, right? I'm I love it. I absolutely love it. And I compare it to Leona Lewis's One More Sleep. Do you know that video? I do. I love I that. I do know that. That yeah. gets my flipping head. Now, I hate the whole concept of adults counting sleeps to Christmas because it's it's infantile, right? Or three more sleeps and all the rest, you know? But I do love the song. I absolutely love the song, right? But... I look at that video and I just think Leona Lewis's friends are absolute drips. I just look at them <laughs> like she throws this. She throws a snowball like this, you know, like she's never thrown a snowball in her whole life. Like this sort of yeah. thing. The director has said to her, throw, throw a snowball. And she goes, right. But when I watch the last Christmas video, I just go, they're just waiting for the cameras to turn off. And like, that's when the bad stuff is going to start. Like, you know, all sorts. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Paul. Can you ask that again? Have we lost Howie again? Have we? Howie's gone. Yeah. Can you hear me? You're back now. Sorry. So I was just saying, like, when I watched the last Christmas video and I'm looking at that, I just feel there's a darkness on the edge of that video. And I kind of think as soon as the cameras uh, click off, Everything's going to kick off, like all sorts of like partner swapping, drugs, drink, all the rest. I think that that's the the creator in you, Paul. That's the writer in you, seeing something that the rest of us. You talked about Al here, forty percent more than than we do. You see, and there's forty percent more that we haven't copped at all. Gary Mackle, as always, you are the voice of reason. So, can you give us a bit of clarity here in terms of what's going on the scrap heap this Christmas? Yeah, well, Paul, you're need to going to need to get better Wi-Fi for when you get your Fire Stick in January. Um, I'm not. Uh, can I just say I'm not getting a fire stick? I will not go illegal, right? I've committed ah, to sports, and I just want to say that on the record. Thanks, Gary. Off you go. Uh, Newcastle are beating Chelsea one 0 at Stamford Bridge. By the way, um, oh, a great live update for people listening on Sunday. Not King Cole, the the boy that Santa Claus forgot. Oh wow! Okay, oh. that's that's one from left field. Wow. Gary, give us your thoughts on that. It just makes me feel really insecure. Um, makes me feel a bit lost. <laughs> a little bit deep, like there's just children that won't experience Santa Claus at all. Fair, 
fair coffee. Did you have an experience? Come on, come out with it. Did you have an experience that made you? Well, yes, now I had an experience with that song. <laughs> can you? <laughs> can you? you are you? Are you comfortable sharing just for people who aren't familiar? Yeah. There? Yeah, my my grandmother, <laughs> who is aware of, who wasn't the the nice, hard, biting water on me on Christmas morning. That song was on in the background. It's Granny McElgard, isn't it? It's... Yeah. 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 She she comes up from time to time in terms of uh Gary and uh, some of the stories he has from over the years. She's a fucking uh, terrorist, Al. I'll tell you privately. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell. That's uh, uh Yeah. I I, I I I I had one that I was gonna add to it as well. So I just think when you hear it, it's like what? Uh, I, I, Paul, you might be shocked with this one, but the power of love. What? <laughs> Does it sound like a Christmas song? Well, it certainly did when I saw Holly Johnson in the National Concert Hall two weeks ago singing it. Yeah, it oh. did. <laughs> oh, which one? Which, which one, by the way, Paul? Which one? The Huey Lewis one? No. <laughs> no the Holly Johnson I yeah. one. I know. Jesus, Ali. Well, when I hear it. But when I hear it, it's like I wasn't expecting this tonight, Al. Like you know, like this is like <laughs> this is like you've walked into the crib and kicked over all the figures. No, I haven't. Oh. It's, I think I think it's the sound of the song that it's just. Nice. Yeah, it's I, I skip it, Paul. I skip it if I hear it on the radio. I skip it. I think you weren't there. I I, and it might be very much a you had to be there kind of a thing, and I get that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I had to be there, Paul. Right? <laughs> if I hear a song, right, that doesn't fit the mold of it being a Christmas song, right? If I don't hear the bells, if I don't hear any of that, if I hear a song that would be great in the charts, if it wasn't a Christmas song, then I'd appreciate it. But it's not a Christmas song, right? The story behind it. Maybe of a Christmas story, but it's not a Christmas song. So don't give me that crap, right? Stephen Stevens one, uh, baby. I've been on this planet seventy six and a half years, baby. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> can I, you know, can I interject this shrimp? Let me tell you something, Paul. It really isn't a Christmas song. It's not a Christmas song. I hear it on the radio. I know the story behind it. It's it's the story of the great baby Jesus. And believe me, nobody nobody knows more about babies than I do. I love babies. They're fantastic. They're so cute. <laughs> That's but it's not talking about Christmas food. Can we talk about? Oh food? Jesus! Because we're we're like I mean I've just had a Christmas sandwich while we're while we're on this podcast, and even <laughs> Danny Normero, who are supposedly controlling this, have, have mentioned food, and food is a huge thing at Christmas. So what True. like? How are, what are what are our feelings about apart from spiced beef? Like, do we have well, feelings? Well, well, to be fair, Paul, we did we did open the show talking about it, and the the catch up debate then rambled on a little bit. So, yeah, so just to correct the record, food has been. But I I I'm, I accept our segue. Let's bring it Danny, back. Would you have a goose? Would you have a duck? Would you have a turkey? Like, I, what, what's your, no, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist, and it's the ham and turkey in this house now, and um, okay. we've tried. We've tried the goose. Uh, the in-laws got adventurous there a couple of years ago when Little had it on offer. And um, I, I mean, I could have been eating pigeon, to be honest with you now. I don't There's know not a lot of meat on a goose, is there? It didn't, didn't do it for me at all, to be honest with you. It left, it left me craving. Left me craving. Meryl, what would you have in your house apart from the cheese board? We've, we talked Pasta bake. Board. 
pasta bake at Christmas Day. Would you throw a bit of chicken into the pasta bake Christmas <laughs> Day? Um, we'll go to Alan's. Alan's chef, so. Oh. We'd, uh, Alan, Alan who? Alan, who? Alan Cummins. Cummins. I'm school with Alan Cummins. Meryl's Where's uncle. he chefing? Pardon? Pardon? Where's he, he chefing? He's in the pub. He was Bray. a chef. He's not a chef anymore. In a pub? No, in restaurants and pubs. He finished up in pubs. He was in the Vivi last time he cooked for me, Meryl. Yeah, that's right. He, that's board, not, that's not connected to the fire by any chance. Or just Neil. No, no. Yeah, just, Al, just for legal Al reasons, I loads, of, of, uh, loads of trimmings, but it'll be it'll be turkey and ham. Pretty good. Yeah, Al Foran, what 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 would your thing be? Well, in my mom's house in Port Marnock, it was the spiced beef, the ham, and turkey. Uh, my favorite. We, we we were we were asking what our favorite was. I mean, you can't go wrong with Brussels sprouts. They're the they're the best vegetable god. They're unbelievable. The problem I love them so much, but I don't have them, you know, 365 days a year. I only have them around Christmas time. But I love them. I like them better than broccoli. I like them better than green beans than cauliflower. Unbelievable. Absolutely. I, I, I was doing steak the other week, Al, and I fried off uh sprouts with pancetta and butter. Oh, uh, beautiful! And I, when I tell you, I ate a truckload of them. Um, yeah, they're they're not good for the L. No, no, no. How's your balloon? How's your balloon? I just say here, like that, like pe- people who say they love sprouts, they never just eat sprouts straight from the pot. They're always fried in butter with pancetta and it's for flavor, Paul. It's like you fucking cheese into a mince pie. You, you edit no, Paul, it, like. Paul, Paul, I eat them straight from the pot. I don't care. No you, flavor. you don't need any flavor. Yeah, so, yeah love them. I'll, listen, I'll I have to give you my dinner. sprouts recipe. It's absolutely, it's gorgeous, right? So what I oh, do please is, do. I chopped them in, I, I boiled them, I parboiled <laughs> the sprouts. I chopped them in half, right? I put them in the yeah. pan, I heat up a bit of butter. I throw them in the pan and I put uh, bacon lardons in with them and pistachios and I, I, I fry them. Pistachios? pistachios absolutely gorgeous Al you know and then I take it off the boil and then I pick the sprouts out and put them in the bin and I eat the bacon and the pistachios <laughs> and the butter <laughs> that's my that's what we do every year in this house you know? oh, I love it. the sprouts <laughs> that... go in the bin but the, we insist on cooking them every single year you know oh, they are lovely like, they're, they're, it's, it's, a, it's a great like many cabbages yeah they're gorgeous oh, I, I love them now they wouldn't be for me at all now but Paul Howard's uh, Christmas sprout recipe is one that I I constantly refer people to it because it is it it's Gorgeous a great recipe. Well. Great recipe. Is there is the dessert at the on, on, on Christmas Day for everyone? Oh Eat yeah, and mess. Eat, Eat mess me, all the way. Mess all yeah. day. Yeah. Now, Gary, would you would you uh, stick to cream or would you introduce a little bit of ice cream into the mix for for uh, something? You know, no, it'd be stri- it'd be strictly cream. Strictly yeah, cream. Be strictly okay. cream. Now, for, strictly. for the young for the younger cohort. Uh, I might introduce a bit of ice cream, all right, but now I'd be strictly cream. I have to pull it up toddler. That's why I don't do uh, the ice my, cream. So, my my mother in law makes the most unbelievable strawberry and raspberry pavlova. Oh, yes, it's dessert, and it is. Oh my god, it's incredible! It's, it's just yeah, it, it's the sophisticated cousin of the eating mess. It's the posh cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the posh so, cousin. Uh, the, but yeah, she's. Yeah, she she really does a proper job on that. It's unbelievable. I'm not uh, into the Christmas puddings. No. no, no. 
if you get a chance, lads, go out to Bovinity on Cable Street. Oh. restaurant. Absolutely beautiful spot. But to do an Is that the method. set I drove you to? Yeah. Thanks oh, for that. I passed the few Cable Street is a great spot, but but Bovinity, uh, they do a Wagyu steak and it is unnatural. Oh, wow. Um, really okay. unnatural. But their desserts and cocktails are amazing. Um, I would highly, re- highly recommend can I just say, Christmas, if you like a bit of Christmas pudding, I discovered this thing a few years ago. Um, I can't remember the fella's name. He ranked, do you know, do you know 3FE Coffee? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, the fella who ran that, or still runs it, right, he recommended this thing to do with your leftover Christmas pudding, right? So uh, you fry it in the pan, loads of butter in the pan, throw your Christmas pudding in, do it both sides, right? Like basically burn your Christmas pudding, okay? Slice like I'm I'm talking about thin sliced, right? Mm-hmm. Whip it out, fried egg on top. Oh my god, out of this world, right? You're talking about your savory, palate is all over the gaff. Savory and sweet, right? You're talking about two <laughs> two worlds colliding, Merrow. Merrow, two worlds colliding. You know, like you, you you're very. Do you mind me saying, Merrow, you're a very obvious kind of a guy. And I've heard a lot of lads around Ballybrack say that Merrow's very obvious. But if you were to try this, Merrow, all, all I'm looking for you to is try the mince pies with the cheese, right, under the roof, or the Christmas pudding with the fried egg, Merrow. Just one of them. Just one of them this year, right? Just have one bite of it and just say, Howard's off his cake. He's off his flipping cake. Or just go, oh, my... Because I'm the same as you. Why was the same? I went... No, no, you couldn't. That could not possibly be a thing. No, it couldn't be a thing. Don't uh, forget the aromat seasoning. How would Donald Trump sauce. react to that? Well, what I say is, don't forget the aromat meat seasoning. It is a wonderful, savory delicacy. It's so good. Even Joe Biden loves it. Of course, it's great. I love it so much. It's great to be on a Watch the Crack podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mayo, Mayo for the Lee McCarthy. <laughs> oh, love that. love that! I love your chicken Philip. I love your chicken Philip paninis. They're great. <laughs> that's that's this is no. It's funny when I I always end every single gig on by a Trump and Biden. Sorry, it's Biden, then Trump. And um, when I did the gig in Old Trafford last year with with Ferguson, I um I went on to Biden. I said, I just want to say it's it's great to be here at Turf Moor. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful to be, you know. And I was thinking to myself because I was I was thinking of the Joe. Will, will I? Will I address him as, as doing Joe Biden as, say, someone like fucking Roy Hodgson? And I was thinking, no, I won't mistake him. I'll just mistake the fucking state. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I move on to Trump, I always, you know, I always say, you know what? He gets it all wrong. He doesn't know where he is. Sleepy Joe. I just want to apologize to all the fantastic staff here at Bramall Lane. <laughs> <laughs> 
works a charm, you know. <laughs> did you do? Love did you do Ferguson? Two Ferguson? Oh, absolutely, Jane. I'll tell you right now. I was absolutely shitting myself, son. I was a problem. I was mincing my words together. I said, did you hear about the 50% discount on hairdryers and curries? Oh, a fantastic deal. So, uh, a fantastic deal. The great for you now. The great. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Lads, we're... We're, we're hitting the two hour mark, and as much as I would love to keep this going, I just, uh, yeah, we got, we got to call yeah. it. I know you. Um, Mero, thank you very much for organizing what has been a wonderful surprise. Al Foran, Al Foran, absolutely oh, amazing. Oh, uh, we must, we oh, must get you back on you. the podcast proper again soon, mate. It's been too long. Um, yeah, it has been too long. What? I, I always enjoy coming on this podcast. This is one of the first podcasts I was ever asked to come on, and I just love coming on with these lads. We're, you know, we're huge wrestling fans as well. This is so it. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe, you maybe. met Vince McMahon. Oh, hang on. Oh, you met Vince McMahon. I just think I, I just think of you know the tweet that one of the fellas that follows myself and Paul Derek Finnegan on Twitter. He's a big fan of our United podcast, but he's just hilarious, massive United fan. And um, I think of his reply uh, under the Vince McMahon photo, and he says. <laughs> He says, Vince looks like he was styled by your co-host, Damien Broderick, while you look like you were styled by Ricky Gervais. I actually just, I slipped in a Stone Cold impression. <laughs> just said, what? Did not. what? Where are you going, Vince? What? And he gave a little chuckle, he did. He, <laughs> he <got it. laughs> but he was actually very friendly. I couldn't believe it. Very friendly. Yeah. Yeah, really? I told him I, I told him I attended the one in New Orleans five years ago and I was mm. just at the one in Los Angeles, the WrestleMania. So yeah, it was mad. That was Crazy. in Saudi Al, was it? You met him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. Brand Crazy. Brand. Um Al, if if people want and cause I, I mean the, the as we mentioned at the top of the show, if I can use the, the broadcasting term, Paul Howard is doing the, the rounds this Christmas and rightfully so he's a national treasure and all mm. that um, so pe- people can listen to your chat with Paul and where can they do so yes uh, you can get it on all your platforms like Spotify um, Apple Apple Podcasts is the one um, and it's on the Go Loud Network and you'll also find the link on my Instagram bio at Alphorn Comedy you'll find the link on my Twitter as well at Impression Style the United Way Podcast episode 20 the only under Soul Shower episode with Mr. Paul Howard. What a fantastic <laughs> Yes, he was. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Absolutely. And Howie, not not that you 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 require us to to flog any of your merchandise or your wares or anything like that, but obviously another great year for the Ross books. Uh, Bad Sisters, absolute smash hit, and your involvement in that cannot be understated. Obviously, but what have you got coming in twenty four that we can all look forward to? I'm thinking of selling my car. Love it, uh, love it. So, so it's a it's um an Audi A four, uh two thousand and two. It's got a the, the the brakes are a little bit spongy, right? But <laughs> apart from that, it's a it's a good. There's three hundred and fifty thousand miles on the clock. But apart from that, it's a good car. Yeah. Um. So I want to mention that first of all. Of course. Um. Yeah. Secondly, um, I'm uh, yeah I'm working on I'm working on the next Ross book now. 
for next September. Um, I have a couple of TV projects in the in the works for the new year, and um, and and I'm working on a musical that I, can, I I've told you about privately, but yes. I can't talk about publicly. Is that, is that going ahead? Yeah. Love it. Oh, Love it. Oh, exciting. That's good. Yeah. I look forward to, to hearing what that is. Listen, when I, I, I thought it was going ahead, and when I saw Mero's reaction there, when he just leaned forward laughing his head off, I thought, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not. Like, don't invest all your life savings in this, lads. It's so, definitely going ahead, it is. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I'm hoping to announce something about that early next year. Um, Fantastic. When's Bad Sisters out, but I, I I think it's I think it's August of next year. So I finished I, I I finished my writing on the second season of it. Alison uh, will be delighted with that. Sorry, Alison, my wife. Oh. Love it. she loves it. She adores oh, right. it. I, I, oh. I, I thought you meant. I thought you were about to lapse into an impression of the uh, Liverpool goalkeeper there. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest. The greatest goalkeeper I've ever seen. <laughs> but we, um, so I finished, I, I wrote episode six of this season. So it's, I think they're filming it in January and I've never been on a film set before. So I'm hoping to get on the film set to actually see it being filmed. Oh, brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Which, which really excites me. It's such a strange thing, like to write books for years and years, and then suddenly to write for television and to to be sitting here in the living room with Mary watching Bad Sisters, and I keep shouting, "I wrote that! I wrote that line! I said that line!" <laughs> so much famous actors saying your lines, like you know. And so I find it's it's new to me, and it's really exciting, and I just can't wait to see what they make of um what they make of uh, season two you know but my car like can't emphasize enough like yeah. you know it is for sale the brakes are a little bit spongy but they wouldn't put you off we, they, Paul they, I really they, enjoyed remember uh, Paul, Paul tweet that tweet that and I'll retweet it for you thanks Al like I really need somebody to buy this <laughs> we'll, desperately we'll, like, do for, we'll do a two for one as well Gary I paid the tax mechanic. for the first three months by the way as well okay so you know <laughs> oh, make sure, Paul, yeah. in, in, Paul in your episode of Bad Sisters do, do we get credited for the whole Garda stuff that you asked us in the WhatsApp group no and actually that's an interesting story uh, Mero like you know I, I'd be the kind of fella now who'd do a bit of research behind the scenes and would never ever say thank you publicly to the people who've helped me so yeah. So thank, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> but you did. Can I just say on this po- on this podcast, on this medium, I want to say I could not have written the episode without you guys. Like, you know, your, your information about the Gardi that you gave me, a lot of it was like non-attributable, uh, non-publishable and non-repeatable. Uh, it all came from a Garda friend of yours, didn't it? Yeah. Was he in school? Was he in Lawrence's? Yeah. Yeah, he was in. I know the guy you mean. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I didn't thank you because I didn't want it to be traced back to him. Fair. Okay, that's fair. fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, fair. Yeah, yeah. I might forget to edit that as well. So, Graham, if anybody gets in trouble, um, it's on you. So, no editing. Need, no, no editing necessary. Um, they're <laughs> unsackable guards. You can explain yourself to Drew Harris, Merrill. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, gentlemen. <laughs> a very, very, very happy Christmas to you and all of yours. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you for the last two hours and the wonderful surprise there was Al and his many personalities. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's it for another year. Uh, Howie, I'm assuming, you know, once this is content goes live, we'll never get you again. That's it. You're exclusive to your own medium. So 
I want to thank you for being on this podcast 474 times. Um, Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Gary, we, we'll do it the odd time, won't we, when we launch This Is Content? Because we need we'll we'll publicity we'll be, for This Is Content. We wouldn't be ignorant enough to rule anything out in the future, but we, you know, we just have to be independent for our own sakes. Of course. Not, not but support for you here, lads. Not but support for you here. Um, Al Foran, thank you for dropping boy. Paul Howard, thank you as always. Gary Mackle, uh, it has been a pleasure. It was great. It was great. I was, it yeah. was, I seen the, the top of the screen uh, that Al had signed in. I was like, what the fuck? It was like when the NWO come back <laughs> in, in, into, uh, into the wrestling. Brilliant. Yeah. Great <laughs> great what was that, 2002? Yeah. In the round, that, yeah. Dude, yeah. 2001, 2001. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's totally real, made real by guys, and it's totally made by Christmas, Al, that you're on here. Like, it was just brilliant, you know? Uh, it brings so much joy to everything. You're just brilliant. And the same to you, same to you, lads. Honestly, you know, and Paul, thanks so much for coming on yesterday as well. Like, we just had a blast. So, I know we have we have banter on Twitter about United and the Liverpool and that, that that shouldn't stop now. That should not stop. Let's continue that. Because I know Gar goes in on you as well. Well, you know? well, Paul fucking tweets more about United than he does about Liverpool. Oh, Paul. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I call, him, I call him Paul Goldbridge. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for this is content, lad. Save it for this is content. Mero, Mero, sign us out there, Paul, for Christmas. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. See you next year, 2024. Happy Christmas, everyone. Thank you. Happy Christmas, lads. Merry Merry Christmas, lads. Merry Christmas, guys.